Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this is a show that explores trends in security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, papers, articles, and podcasts, which I turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary with analysis. There's a news and analysis episode every Monday morning, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise update on the most interesting things happening in the world and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 250. Updates. Got a new essay called CrowdSec, a modern replacement for fail to ban. This is a piece of technology that I put out in the show, I want to say one or two weeks ago, and the company reached out to me and asked if I wanted to have a conversation. So got on with uh, their CEO and their CTO and a number of people just took a look at the technology, asked a bunch of questions and ended up doing a write-up on it. And I'm trying to figure out if we can possibly get them to support the show as well. So good conversation. It's a decent tutorial. And yeah, basically the short version is uh, it's kind of like a modern, more advanced fail to ban which fail to ban is kind of eternal software and everyone's been using it to mostly protect their SSH daemons, but it's uh, it's good stuff and it's good to see an update to it uh, in the form of a new tool. Reminder that we're reading Nudge as the book of the month for the book club this month. And thanks again to Scott in the community for the recommendation. And if anyone knows someone willing to sponsor our Slack channel, please reach out to me. We're over the free limit of 10,000 messages within the community, which is good news. Uh, but it's also bad news because we're losing, I, I guess right now we're at 13 or 14,000. So we've got a few things that we can't necessarily access from our past. And we'd like to have full access, which is requires a paid subscription. We also took a poll and we didn't want to move to Discord. A lot of people were against that. So if you know anyone who has a connection at Slack or is at a company that would like to sponsor a Slack instance, just please reach out. And I'm continuing to do work on the website redesign, and I'm looking to add back the search button, which a lot of people have asked about. So that should be coming soon. Security news. U.S. Cyber Command has evidently been disrupting the TrickBot botnet using a variety of techniques heading up to the 2020 election. Looks like they've been adding fake clients and sending disconnect commands to the botnet as part of the operation which was anticipated by my buddy Patrick Ray over at Risky Business. He talked about this, I think, a week or two in advance. He said, this looks like government behavior, this disruption. And yeah, sure enough, Brian Krebs came out and got some sources from the inside who said, yeah, it is actually the government doing it. CISA has put out a solid guide to help people defend against and respond to ransomware infections. Pretty solid little PDF there. Twitter announced the takedown of hundreds of state-linked accounts from Cuba, the Russian IRA, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, and Iran, totaling millions of tweets. They're not all disinformation like you would think, like Down With America or Sewing Discord or anything. A lot of them are their own country's personal agendas, like pro that country, a little bit of anti-America, but a lot of it is just pro-marketing and, and pro-propaganda around their particular country. And this uh, is out of the Stanford SIO group. 
Facebook is banning QAnon across its platform, or at least it's trying to. They're also banning political ads after November 3rd. They're kind of going heavy-handed with this, which tells me that they think Biden's going to win. This was an analysis that Scott Galloway had. Basically, it seems like they're prepping for a Democratic group to come in. Same with a lot of companies when it comes to antitrust. But yeah, it looks like they might be getting ready to get hammered, and they want to have some evidence to show that, look, they were really made an effort, especially if something crazy happens around election time. They really want to have a record that they can point to saying they did the best that they could. I think this is a pretty interesting development, given that QAnon is actually not a person or even an organization. It's literally an idea or a conspiracy or you know, a collection of them. I think they're evidently multiple variants as well. And I think it's changing all the time. So it seems hard to nail down. But I really do think this is a signal of what's coming where platforms are forced to ban entire idea clusters because they're deemed to be too dangerous. But that banning itself is also dangerous, right? Because QAnon might be an easy case, but there are lots of different controversial ideas. We're just not so much controversial ideas, but maybe people just disagree about ideas. And once they ban one idea like this or one idea cluster like this across the board, they're going to get asked to do it for a lot of other ideas as well. And what they've now basically said is if there is a bad idea circulating on the platform, it's their fault because they haven't removed it. And I don't think this is a business they want to be in, but the election is basically forcing their hand. The other angle here is end-to-end encryption, which could potentially give them an out in a lot of situations in which the stuff is circulating and someone could show evidence of it circulating where they could say that was opaque to us because we didn't, we have no capability of looking inside the encryption and that's the way everyone wants it. So, you know, our hands are clean here. That won't apply in all cases, but it will in some. And a lot of people are thinking that end-to-end encryption is kind of like Bugs Bunny's rabbit hole, if you remember that. It's like, please don't throw me down there when that's actually where they want to go. The U.S. government is now warning companies that they better not be paying ransoms to organizations who are sanctioned by the U.S. And uh, it's not exactly clear how they would know who they're paying, right? Oftentimes they're using cryptocurrency and just paying, you know, an address on the other side. So how are they going to know necessarily? But uh, interesting that they're putting out that warning. Putin was interviewed recently and had some nice things to say about the Democrats, which happens virtually never. Looks like he might also, in addition to Facebook and a bunch of other people, be prepping for a possible Biden presidency. And basically, he said some nice things about social democracy, and he's had leftist views ever since he was part of the Communist Party. Yeah, very uh, left, left-talking speech here coming from him and just in time for a possible Biden win. Russia has joined China in banning certain types of encryption, all to further their ability to intercept and monitor traffic within their own countries. This includes the ESNI extension for TLS 1.3, which hides target host names from people who can see a given traffic stream. So for example, ISPs, or if, for example, if you're Russia and you essentially own all the ISPs, and you can see all the traffic, TLS 1.3 with the ESNI extension will basically make it so you still can't tell what site that people are browsing to. 
And of course, they don't like that. So they're banning that along with China. Vulnerabilities. Researchers have found SSRF vulnerabilities in Microsoft Azure that can allow server takeover. There's a new XSS vulnerability in phpMyAdmin, and Cisco has fixed a number of high-severity flaws in WebEx and some of their security cameras. Technology news. PC shipments are up by 13% in Q3 of 2020 and are on track to break a 10-year record. With sales calls going virtual, companies are starting to roll out AI that can monitor calls and make recommendations on basically, oh, you should have explored this, or you should have answered that question better, or you didn't you know, raise this at all. Yeah, pretty interesting visibility that people are getting into these calls. Essentially, they do transcripts and then parse the content and then look at it with the AI. And NVIDIA is doing some truly amazing stuff with AI around video streaming. They're using GANs to have the receiver's computer anticipate content of the feed so that not nearly as much data needs to be sent over, which results in using less bandwidth to get an even better video feed. I mean, usually you only get one of those, but doing both at the same time. They can also do stuff like align people's faces so that if they're looking at the camera or they're looking at their screen, which is off-center from the camera, they can actually reorient that so it looks like you're looking directly at the camera. And the other application of this is that you can kind of apply like an alien head or an animal head or maybe even just like a good-looking model's face on top of your own or maybe even an augmented version of your own face that's better. And that avatar can then speak as you and it will be perfect like deep fake match to what you're actually saying and how everything's moving. So this tech is GAN-based and can do all these various things. So really excited about where this is going and happy to see NVIDIA pushing that stuff. Someone used GPT-3 to post on Reddit for an entire week, and the quality was quite good. No one seemed to detect that it wasn't a human. But they were posting in bursts of up to one post per minute, and they were quite long posts. And finally, someone was like, what the heck is going on here? And it turns out they reached out to the GPT-3 community and figured out that someone was calling one of the GPT-3 APIs, and they actually turned off the access for the bot, and the post stopped immediately afterwards. But yeah, this was high-quality content, and I've got a link here to the actual hundreds of posts that this thing posted. and. Again, the stuff looks fantastic. I mean, there, there are bad ones, you know, occasionally, but it's so good that actual authors are using this thing to supplement their own brain. So they're having this thing complete a sentence for them to give them ideas of what they should write. And the thing is writing in their voice. That's how good this thing is. And the fact that it could sit on Reddit for a week and, you know, look like an actual Reddit user is... Uh, more evidence in that direction that we're, we're heading towards some pretty crazy stuff and combine that with the video stuff we just talked about. I mean, if you have a script of good content written by GPT three and you have these avatar faking, you know, GAN based avatar producing algorithms, you could potentially have something that looks very similar to you or it looks like a sibling or it looks like just any randomly generated person or it could even look like whatever, a monster or an animal or whatever, 
but it could be saying very cool stuff. I mean, at some point we're going to have like Instagram account. We're going to have influencers who are not real people using successors of GPT three to comment on and respond to and create content around, you know, regular events, or maybe they comment on esports or whatever. And we're going to be following them. We're going to like them. And uh, they're going to become famous and it's all going to be an algorithm. And some people, here's the other thing. You can have hybrids, right? Like a centaur where you can have someone be themselves a little bit, but supplemented by a lot of these algorithms. So which part is them and which part is the algorithm? Well, the better the algorithms get, the less you'll know. And at some point it'll be mostly algorithm and less human. And you know, how soon will that be? Is that two years? Is that 20 years? I think it's a lot closer to two. This whole space is just very, very strange and interesting. Companies. A firm which allows people to easily pay for things in installments is looking to IPO soon and could raise as much as $10 billion. Twilio is buying Segment for 3 to $4 billion, so congrats to my buddy who I just texted earlier who's there. Hopefully he gets some stock. And Chorus is an AI tool that monitors and transcribes sales calls and makes recommendations. This is the one that was in the story above that I was talking about. Society News, the FBI has reported a 15% increase in murder in the United States from January through June 2020, but property crime is down 8%. So people can go outside to kill people, but not to steal things. Maybe there's just not as much to steal because people are staying inside. I don't know. Probably a lot of variables there, but yeah. Murder up by almost double the percentage that property crime is down. The U.S. is back over 50,000 new daily COVID cases. It's almost like there's a some sort of relationship between people being allowed to meet in enclosed buildings and COVID infections. I feel like someone should research that and see if there's a connection there. Maybe they could count the instances of the COVID cases and compare that to opening and closing policy. That seems like a smart idea. Got some numbers here from Gallup. It says girls continue to show less interest in learning computer science. 25% of girls are very interested, 8%, or interested, 17% compared with 50% of boys who are very interested, 21%, or interested, 29%, in learning computer science. Girls, 45%, are more likely than boys, 27%, to say that they are not interested in learning it. I think these numbers could explain up to, say, double the representation of men in computer science fields, but the actual discrepancy that we see in workplaces is higher than double. So, I think more attribution is still needed here from things like discrimination in the workplace, like unpleasant workplaces for women, etc. New Zealand isn't just defeating COVID. They're also nearly eliminating influenza in their country due to good hygiene and distancing practices. It's interesting how all the safety is going to help with the flu and colds as well. Although nobody is sure how much, but... Yeah, New Zealand, they've had a few spells of having zero cases whatsoever for COVID. And this article is basically saying 
that they've nearly eliminated influenza as well. You'd have to assume that colds are right along with it, but didn't talk about that. The richest people in the world's wealth increased by 27.5% between April and July of 2020. And evidently there are around 2,000, specifically UBS puts it at 2,189 billionaires in the world. TikTok has surpassed Instagram as the second most popular social app for teens. And Snapchat is still number one, which surprised me because I thought they got destroyed by Instagram a long time ago. But yeah, this is for teens, not overall. And the U.S. military is doing some serious marketing and recruiting from the esports community and within the esports community. And uh, a couple guys wrote a blog on this that's quite exhaustive and informative. Companies, Cerebral is a mental health subscription service, and they just raised $35 million. I think they probably have a bright future, unfortunately. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Number of companies' employees have started rebelling against choices of who to work with and what products to make within their companies. So Spotify employees are complaining about having Joe Rogan on the show, and New Relic employees are rebelling over the culture of the company. I think some of this is good, obviously, is do you want to have a company that's, you know, has a conscience? And if anyone's going to maintain that conscience, it's natural that it comes from the employees. And also when the values of the company internally are out of alignment with its public face, that's also a concern and I think grounds for legitimate complaint. And that seems to be the case with the new relic instance here. But as with most good things, this type of self-attack becomes bad after a certain point. If employees are super activist on certain issues, such as the use of AI to target users in a better way, or hosting platforms that have lots of people with lots of different types of ideas, then at some point the employee has to make a choice between their own values and their employment at that company. It doesn't make sense to enter into a voluntary relationship with a logging company, for example, and then start a revolution from inside the company, you know, where the campaign is to stop counting down trees. I think we're likely to see a line of the sand soon from companies, probably in the, in the form of like work contract adjustments that make it clear that political stances of leadership and the choices of what to build or not to build are not up to the new employee. And that they'll be prohibited from starting internal movements that oppose the company's purpose. This will, of course, create tension and there will be probably like new scores that pop up for like the level of wokeness, right? There'll be like wokeness ratings for companies or something. So young people who are very socially justice aware can look and see where they would like to work and not work. But I actually expect a lot of this to sort of transition away and kind of even out and diminish over the next year or two, maybe three, as it becomes clear that companies are there for a market purpose. And being perfect citizens on top of that is a nice to have, but it's not a must. I think this is especially complicated by the fact that perfect corporate citizenship is different for everyone. So it's not like the employees can drive the company if the employees all don't agree either, right? It would just be kind of a mob rule situation. So I expect to see a corporations versus employees 
narratives sort of play out in the startup size to medium sized company space and especially in tech. Got a map of America's economic drop due to COVID. This is a really cool infographic. Why you should write. Really cool essay here. Your product demo sucks because it's focused on your product. This was a fantastic little essay talking about how you need to be aiming more at your audience and describing how their life gets better rather than talking about your product. And before you write off Trump as a loss in the 2020 election, which it is absolutely looking really bad for him right now. He's scored like 15 own goals on himself in like the last two weeks, not the least of which is giving himself COVID basically. And, uh, Looks like you've spread it to quite a few people. But Gallup just released a poll saying 56% of Americans think they're better off than four years ago. And that is a poll that went from September 14th to September 28th. So it's already incorporated the pandemic, economic damage, and all that kind of stuff. And this 56% number of thinking they're better off than four years ago, this is higher than many, many previous years. Um, pretty much everyone that I saw in the in the Gallup stuff, and I got, got a link to it here in, in the show notes slash newsletter. But it's these these are high numbers for better off than four years ago, and I'm just stunned by that. I mean, people have appreciated some of the stuff that he's done in, in addition to all the damage. So I, I don't want to go into the politics of it here, but when you have an incumbent who has a population who thinks that they're better off. I find it hard to believe that they're going to lose on a landslide. So it doesn't mean he's not going to lose. It just seems like he might not lose the way people are thinking he's going to lose right now. So we'll have to wait and see. And perceptions of China have been plummeting for many countries around the world. A lot of this seems to be pandemic related, but I think a lot of it is also their economic policies, their human rights policies, the Uyghur Muslims, for example, trying to silence dissidents all over the world, like their PR has just been horrible in like the last year or so. And it's reflected by all these companies really having a strong disagreeable rating for them going up by as much as over 20 points in a lot of cases. Discovery. Google interview questions deconstructed. The reason behind America's new wave of layoffs. A strange world of deepfake actors. Basically, the more similar a human's actions, the easier it is to make the deepfake believable. A brilliant data analysis of 25 years of Gartner hype cycles. Almost everything you need to know about SPACs, which is a different way to do an IPO. Why startups are going public right now. The conspiracy chart, a hierarchy of detachment from reality. This is a really cool infographic on conspiracies. And basically, the silliness level for each of them. Names.io, an exhaustive list of first and last names. And Favfreak, a tool that finds sites related to brands by comparing hashes of their favicons. Super cool recon tool. Recommendations. Truecaller is an app that blocks spam calls and texts. Now has 250 million users. If you're not using it, I recommend it probably get 90% fewer spam calls. So it doesn't block all of them, but I only get a few a week now. 
as opposed to like 10 a day. And Meaning and Writing. This is an unbelievably great essay. I reached out to the author already. I was like, hey, I think we think a lot alike. We should chat. But it's called Meaning and Writing, and it's in the recommendation section of the newsletter. And by the way, this is a 250. This is a member newsletter week. So for subscribers this week. And Aphorisms. All right, going to do something totally crazy and use one of my own quotes for the aphorism. Don't really feel great about that, but I'm going to give it a shot. So the aphorism is, we know that bad security is acceptable as a society precisely because we accept it as a society. We know that bad security is acceptable as a society precisely because we accept it as a society. See you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is not supported by ads because I think they take you out of the flow of enjoying content and they can be toxic to creative purity. So if you enjoy the show, you can support it directly on my website. Members get quite a few things, most notably the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. You get access to the archives get to be part of the UL Slack community, where we have vibrant conversations about security, tech, society, and the future. And members also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. We'll see you next time.